Well, hello, YouTube Power Hour Squad. Erica here for another interview for you. So for this episode of the podcast, I am interviewing Lisa J Makeup. Now, Lisa J Makeup has been on YouTube for about five years, but interestingly enough, it wasn't until just recently where her channel started to take off. So this interview really shows that consistency is key, but also that at some point you do have to make tweaks and changes to your channel if you're not seeing the growth that you want. So Lisa J talks about the changes that she made to her channel to start getting her the growth that she wanted. And we also talk about how to start a beauty brand. One of the things that she did just recently is to launch her own line of makeup brushes. And she details exactly how she did that and um, how that's going for her. So this is a fantastic interview. Make sure that you like and subscribe if you're here on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, head on over to YouTube to check out the visuals um, of the interview. All right, I hope you enjoy this episode. Mwah. Well, hello, Lisa. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yes. So, yo, I want to talk to you about your whole history on YouTube and everything, but why don't we just get started with you sharing just a brief Cliff Notes uh, version of your journey so far on YouTube. Sure. So I started YouTube when I was eight months pregnant with my second daughter, Kate, who's now five years old. Mm -hmm. And I started it because at the time I was a makeup artist. I'd been a makeup artist for gosh, like 12 years by then, but I had two, and I was about to have my second daughter. So I was kind of seeing the end to my makeup artist days. Cause I live in Austin and a makeup artist here in Austin is pretty much weddings. You know, that's mm -hmm. the kind of work that we would have was always on weekends. And I knew that I wouldn't gonna, I wasn't going to be able to do that anymore, but I loved makeup and I had just started watching YouTube myself and I thought, well, it would be fun to kind of, you know, stretch that little creative muscle on YouTube. And so I just started uploading videos uh, in her nursery when I was, you know, about a month before she was born mm -hmm. and uh, just continued to upload videos when I could. It was very much a hobby for a long time, for probably too long. And, uh, and then around like year three, um, something kind of switched in me and I decided to put forth a little more energy and, and uh, planning and be a little more strategic about my channel. And um, that was when I really started to see things grow. And then, so I've just, I, well, I say adjust. It's actually, I celebrated my five-year anniversary in May. Um, mm. and my channel is all about, um, so it's a beauty, mainly beauty focused. 98% is beauty focused. <laughs> I sprinkle in a little bit Excuse of fashion. Bless you. Thank you. I was making a little, sprinkle a little bit of fashion and mm. um, a little bit of fitness because that's something else I'm passionate about. Mm. But my background, um, I started out in makeup actually working at the Mac counter. And when I ended up leaving Mac, I was a Mac trainer. So I was responsible for training all of the makeup artists in my region, which was eight markets. There were 160 makeup artists. Mm. So I really loved that element of teaching makeup. And I loved like breaking it down in simple understandable, um, techniques and, and theories and just making it easy to understand, not just teach, showing people how to do something, but explaining why we're doing it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really tried to make all my tutorials really easy to follow, easy to understand, um, and, and just really educate. I feel like that's my main, my main uh, goal of my channel is to educate women on makeup. So you said, you know, three, so when you first started, you're, you're eight months pregnant. And so yeah. I, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting time to start a hobby like YouTube, you know? <laughs> um, and Seriously. so what happened when your, your, you say it was your daughter, right? When your daughter was born, did you, you said it was kind of a hobby. So what do you mean by a hobby? Were you uploading once a month, once every other week? Like what, what, or whenever you felt like it? 
whenever I felt like it and whenever I had time. So at the time, my oldest daughter was two and a half. So I was real, and I was a stay at home mom, but you know how stay at home moms of a two and a half year old are. You're like, you're busy until they go to bed. Yeah. So I was uploading, I was filming at night and I was editing. And I would say that first year I probably uploaded, I don't know. I mean, some months, maybe four videos, some months, maybe two, some months, maybe six. It was just very inconsistent. Just whenever I could find time. Did you see any success early on at that point? No, I didn't. I mean, (laughs) I I really didn't, but I, I was very, uh, to be honest, I was pretty naive to YouTube. I had Mm -hmm. just started watching it myself and I didn't really know how to measure success. You know, I mean, I was just thrilled because I had people viewing my videos and leaving comments and, Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't really, I didn't have like this big, uh, ambitious goal at that time. So, um, Looking back, no, I didn't really see success. But at the time, I didn't feel like I was not successful, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know? yeah. At the time, you were just kind of happy with, with what you were getting at the time. Totally. So what, yeah. that's what I was going to ask you. So if you didn't really see like a big jump in subscribers or like a big viral video, what was it that just kept you going with it? Um, I really loved it. Like mm-hmm. I said, I had I had, I had had been doing makeup for years. Mm-hmm. I worked at Mac. And even when I left Mac um, and I got like a corporate Monday through Friday, nine to five job, I was in that job for maybe six months. And I was like, I miss doing makeup. And so mm-hmm. I had launched my wedding makeup business simply as a way to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't do it because I needed the income. I had a full-time job at the time. This was way before kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how much I loved makeup. I was like, mm-hmm. I have to find a way to have this in my life. So when I was about to have Kate and I was seeing that, you know what, I can't do wedding makeup anymore. It's just sucking up my weekends. My husband's off on, we were just like trading shifts. I felt like I, I, I really saw YouTube as, um, something fun. I was something I was, it's funny because I was really proud of what I did on YouTube, but I was also really like shy and embarrassed with sharing it with people that I actually knew in real life. Um, you know, I would upload it and I'd have this sense of pride and I'd get comments and I would feel so proud of that work. But then when I would go to drop off my kids at preschool, I would like hope no one saw it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. took a while for me to get in real life. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, for sure. Yeah, and so you said something switched, something happened. Was there anything specific that happened at the point where you decided, "Hey, I'm actually going to take this more seriously"? Yeah, so I had been doing it. I was kind of looking back at my videos when mm-hmm. that when that happened, and I remember specifically the video, but I was trying to look at my timeline. So mm-hmm. I was, um, I I had. I was doing YouTube for about two and a half years and I decided to take a little bit of a break. Mm. Um, I think this was at the end of like 2016, maybe Mm. November, December. I just was, uh, I had actually ended up going back to work outside of the house. So I was, I was a stay at home mom when I started it. And then I decided to go back to work. So now I had a job outside of the house. I had two kids and it was just like, I was just stretched Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember, and I remember I was also like, I was consuming a lot more videos than I was creating. And I found myself like always wanting to shop. And I just, I just felt like I was kind of like entering like dangerous territory. I don't know. I just, it's hard to explain, but I, Mm -hmm. I took a couple of months off thinking no one's going to notice or care. And then after a few months, I started getting comments from subscribers that were like, where are you? Are you okay? We miss you. And, um, I don't know at at the time it seemed like hundreds of subscribers, but it was Mm -hmm. probably like a dozen of them. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It was just really, yeah, yeah, it it was really, really touching. And it made me realize that like people did care about the content I was creating. And I decided to, um, it was funny because I, my video, my first video back after like three months, I think it was titled something like, 
where I've been or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And I talk about like that, uh, that little funk that I was in. I've gone through a few of them, but that was probably the one that kept me away from YouTube the most. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I decided to come back and I said, you know, I'm going to upload, I think I committed to like one video every single week. Mm-hmm. And maybe two months after doing that, I uploaded a video and it was titled, um, the best make the best foundation for mature skin or something oh, okay. like that. And I shared, you know, having been a makeup artist doing weddings, I was always doing makeup on the grandmothers, the mothers, the brides, the bridesmaids, women of all ages. And, um, where is it? My favorite favorite, foundations for mature skin. That's it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, um, when that video went up, uh, I started gaining a lot of subscribers, a lot of views. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I had gone from maybe 10 new subscribers a day to all of a sudden I was getting like 250 subscribers a day. And, um, and that really, you know, I I decided to kind of one that helped me identify, um, my kind of niche and in my audience. And even though, you know, I'm in my mid thirties, um, you know, some might say that's not really mature skin, but at the same time, I'm like, my skin's changing people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, not, mm-hmm. not 25 year old skin, but I was really coming from the angle of being a makeup artist and, um, knowing what foundations and what products work, work best on women mm-hmm. of all, you know, skin of all ages. Mm-hmm. And so when I kind of narrowed in on that being my, my, what made me different, um, I kind of started uploading more content and then I started to steadily see my channel grow and grow. Mm, okay. And then, um, gosh, and then I guess it was a full year later that, uh, I think the video that really set my channel in a different direction was my Mac training secrets. There it is right Mm -hmm. there. Um, I I was playing my numbers because I wanted to kind of see actually what that channel did. So when I uploaded that video, I had been on YouTube for four and a half years, four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And before that video went up, I think I had like 60,000 subscribers. Okay. After mm. four and a half years, I had 60,000 subscribers. Yeah. And then that video was 10 months old. So from 10 months, I went from like 60,000 to 140,000 subscribers now. Yeah. Uh, so that it video was jumped. really, yeah, it, it just, um, it, it showed me that mm-hmm. people want to, um, they, they really liked, and, and in that video, if you, if you watch that video, I really broke it down and I, I explained like, color theory and why we contour and highlight in certain ways, like how the light affects makeup and how it affects like the dimension of the face. Like I really broke it down. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, that really helped my channel a lot. Yeah. So when you, how many views? So that's like, you know, a little over 400,000 views. Um, Is that the highest viewed video on your channel? Oh no, No, you have the blow dryer one. Wow. That has 800,000 views. Um, Did you, did you, so you didn't see as much of a jump with that one, even though that has twice as many views as the Mac training secrets. No, I, I, that the, the Revlon video is, um, I continue to get views to my channel from that video. Mm-hmm. That video particularly wasn't, I didn't expect that to do so well. So mm-hmm. if you watch it, the lighting's mm-hmm. not so great. I mean, if I would have known I would have gotten the views that I did, I probably yeah. would have you know, done a better job. Um, I think that people were just like researching that product Mm -hmm. and that's why it gets so many views, but I don't necessarily know that when people watch that, they want to come back to my channel. It converts to subscribers. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I know it is interesting that sometimes, you know, a video that does well, like, like that, like your Mac training secrets, it, it's so powerful in kind of shifting your channel versus like another one that does twice as well, like 800,000 mm-hmm. subscribers. It just does okay. And it's, sure. it is really interesting how sometime 
certain videos that go viral can really affect your channel and other times it doesn't. Totally. Yeah. It was, but that, that make Mac training secrets revealed when I had that thought and mm -hmm. that idea, mm. I mean, it was like the light bulb went off for me. I remember thinking I'm going to do this video and I, I busted out my old Mac training manual. So when mm. I was a trainer, I used to train every new hire in my region would come to a week long training that I would host. Mm -hmm. And we had what we called the Mac Bible, which is like this thick by, you know, Mac Bible. And I busted that out and I was looking and I was taking notes on what I wanted to share in my video. And I actually ended up making it a series. I think I did four or five videos. Mm. So I took pieces from that manual and created training, you know, in these videos. Yeah. And, and I knew when I created that video that this would, this had a lot of potential. So I put in a lot more effort. So there was definitely more strategy going into that particular video when you created it. For sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For sure. And then at that point, so you started to see a, a lot more, uh, progress with your channel in regards to growth, growth and all that. And so what, what else did you change? Um, I, I really, I think just focusing more on realizing that was, um, my niche or what made me different and special. I think that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, being in the beauty community, there's, um, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, I don't want to say competition cause I don't really feel like it's competition, but you have to, you want to stand out. And <clears throat> I'm in this weird age, I feel like, excuse me, <clears throat> where I am, you know, I'm in my, I'll be 37 in a couple of months. And I feel like I'm, I'm too old for the really younger people that are on YouTube watching, you know, the younger channels, mm -hmm. but I don't quite have the, um, credibility as the more mature. Um, I mean, I think having that makeup artist background definitely helps with that, mm -hmm. but, uh, I always felt like I, I was just kind of in this weird place. And I feel like women my age are so busy with little kids that they're really not watching a lot of YouTube. That's true. I mean, too. Yeah. some are, I yeah. mean, of course that's a blanket statement, but yeah. I think overall, um, I think overall it's, it's a busy time and mm -hmm. I don't even think my friends watch my channel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, uh, but I saw that, you know, I saw, Hey, you've got something special here. You have this background as a Mac trainer. You're going to, you're going to share that. That's, what's going to make you stand out. Um, so that's probably what I changed. I mean, of course, not every video that I upload is like that, mm -hmm. but I always, I try to sprinkle those videos in. I don't, I try not to go too long without a really good makeup educational video. Mm. And so who are you finding is, is your audience then? You know, it's pretty, um, surprisingly pretty evenly split. Like mm -hmm. I think definitely women, of course, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's probably a third, 25, 35, 35, 45, and then, you know, 45, I have women in their fifties and sixties watch my channel. If I had to think about like the, the subscribers that are most, uh, that comment on my videos and I go back and forth on Instagram a lot. Um, it's probably women a little bit older than me. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty, it sounds like it's very evenly split. Cause even though you're in that in between age, like you said, it sounds like it's not like it's predominantly people in your age bracket or younger or older. It's just kind of evenly split. But the women that are a little bit on the older side, 45, 50 plus, are really, really engaged mm -hmm. to your content. Yes. And I create content for them. I do mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, and again, I speak, you know, I speak with that makeup artist background mm -hmm. that, um, you know, this, this is the foundation I would pack in my kit to use on, you know, grandmothers of the bride or mothers of the bride. Like, I, mm -hmm. I know that and working at Mac, you know, you, you work on hundreds of faces. I mean, you're just anyone that comes to the counter, you sit down and work on. So having that experience has really helped me a lot. Yeah. So how do you come up with your <laughs> video topics? 
Um, I'll ask, I have a Facebook group community. Um, it's like a private Facebook group page and it's like, I feel like it's the best place on the internet because it is, uh, just a group of women that are all passionate about makeup, super supportive. Uh, so I'll kind of pull in there what they want to, what they want me to do videos on Instagram. And then honestly, kind of, um, I just, I, I try and think of something like a makeup theory that we all do, but maybe no one's ever told us why we do that. Uh, like contouring and highlighting, for example, you know, I think we all like watch a video on how to contour, but do we talk about like matte versus shimmer and how light reflects matte versus shimmer, how light hits the face and how, where you should highlight based on where the, like where the light hits the face, the high planes. Like I really try and I try and think of a makeup theory and how can I make it uh, very easy to digest and understand, mm-hmm. um, basically so that people don't really have to rely on a video every time they want to do their makeup. They kind of know the why behind it mm-hmm. so they can, they can empower themselves to, to create their own looks. Yeah. I, I like that. Obviously <laughs> it's resonating with people because are those the types of videos that tend to do the best on your channel? Those kind of makeup theory techniques? For sure. Videos? Yeah. Those drugstore videos, um, any videos that are like uh, top 10 or top seven, hmm. uh, those type of videos do really well too. Do you find with the beauty kind of community on YouTube? I mean, it's, it's like, there's, it feels like there's like so many more and more creators coming on board with just, just a lot uh, on beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you stand out? Like, have you, have you found that to be a challenge at all? Or like, how do you deal with kind of this very saturated industry and standing out? That's a good question. Um, so definitely, uh, kind of owning and wearing that as a badge on my sleeve about my history as, mm-hmm. as working for Mac and being a trainer. I, I, it, it's funny because I really did not, um, share that too much until a year ago. I've been on YouTube for five and a half years mm. and I might've mentioned it in a video, but I never like confidently Highlighted owned it. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I never did. And it, it really does give so much credibility and why I waited so long to kind of figure that out. I still don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is how I stand out, I think. And then, um, I also would say like, you know, in the beginning I was kind of, I was lost. Like, and if you watch with my young, my earlier videos, uh, they're very different than they are now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was really uncomfortable and I was just trying to kind of emulate what I was seeing in the channels that I was watching, which were the bigger, younger channels. And, uh, it just didn't, it wasn't authentic to who I was. Uh, and now I'm just myself, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and the way I see it is like, uh, I really want a community that, enjoys who enjoys the personality that I am and enjoys my content. And I'm not trying to really, I I like to continually grow, but I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to be something that I'm, that is not authentic to who I am just to gain a lot of subscribers really fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, and it's so important. I know a lot of people say kind of the same thing that you do, especially in, in beauty is that, you know, I, I, you know, when I first started, I was just kind of like, looking at what everybody else was doing and I tried to do the same thing and it's just like, ah, it just didn't work and it, things didn't change until I really came into myself and became myself on, on YouTube. Totally. It's, yeah. it's so true. Yeah. No, I mean, true. It, it is. And so when you're coming up with your video topics and well, actually, no, let me ask you something else. So in that same, in that same vein is, 
what about the whole like concept of, you know, uh, trending and trending in beauty and all that stuff? Do you find yourself, you know, trying to do some of those videos sometimes or not? Or do you kind of ignore it and do your own thing or, or what's your approach there? Um, I guess I would probably say I ignore it. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know if that's the right answer, but it's the truth. Yeah. I no mean, right or wrong I, answer. I know, I know. But, uh, you know, as far as like advice, right, to people mm-hmm. that are interested in starting YouTube, um, I think that for me, um, it depends. Mm-hmm. I, I, I take that back. It depends. If there's something trending on YouTube that I think fits with my channel and that uh, feels right, um, I will do it. But like, like, for example, here's a great example of the assumptions tag that went around. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. It was mm-hmm. earlier this year or last year with the assumptions tag. And I considered doing it and I asked my audience if they wanted to see it. And I remember I got a lot of feedback saying, no, that's just, that's just like sharing negative comments from your YouTube, your, your audience about you and your channel's not negative. And I thought, yeah, like it's not really, I don't really need to do that. And, Mm -hmm. and so that's the thing. Like I, um, you know, if it's, if it feels like a video that I really want to do and it fits in my channel, yes. If it feels like, no, I just, I'm just doing this to get on the trending or list or get more views then no, I don't think, Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. So do you pay attention to things like your analytics, SEO, all that stuff? Do you, is that something that you're, that you pay attention to for your videos? I do for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, I use, uh, I do have TubeBuddy integrated. Mm-hmm. I like pay for the monthly thing. So that mm-hmm. kind of helps me see, and I, I kind of just look green or red, you know, yeah. um, am I, am I growing or am I that, da- you know, decreasing mm-hmm. in views and subs and all of that. Um, but so yeah, I do. It's, that's kind of the extent that it goes. I'll, I'll get on social blade too, and kind of look, um, and, and I feel like I have a good grasp on my channel now and what kind of content people like to see. So I know when I, if I upload a video, if it's going to be one that, um, is going to do really well, or if I'm going to, if it's one that I know it's probably not going to do as well as the others. Like I kind of know that mm. ahead of time mm. now, I feel like after five years. Yeah. Have you ever had you know? a video? Well, b- both of them. Have you ever had a video that you thought was going to do really well, just kind of flop and opposite. Have you ever had a video that you're like, eh, I don't think anyone's going to watch this. And then it ends up taking off. Oh, I'm sure. Um, gosh, I would probably have to think about more, more about that, but, um, I'm sure. But when I think about like videos that don't really get a whole lot of views, it's like anytime I do a fashion, anytime I stray away from beauty, they don't get a lot of views, but I don't do them very often. Mm-hmm. And when I do do them, I get a lot of great feedback from the people that do watch them. So, um, and I, and I go back and forth with this cause it's like, you know, I, um, you know, I worked outside of the house. I went, I started YouTube as a stay at home mom. I went back to work for a little while and then I made that shift from, you know, replacing my outside of the home income with YouTube. And mm-hmm. that was, um, it'll be two years this January. Okay. And I remember when I made that switch, I started getting more concerned with growth and numbers and, you know, how am I going to just grow, grow, grow. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there's content. I feel like that, uh, that can really help your channel grow. And there's content. It's like, do you, you know, it's like a delicate balance of serving the audience that you have and the content that they want to see. 
and then creating content that's going to get a lot of views and get a lot of subscribers. And I'm kind of, uh, I kind of lean more on creating content that serves the people that I have now Mm -hmm. and growing maybe a little bit slower than trying to create videos that I think are just going to get a ton of views and get me a ton of new subscribers, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, no, it Uh, does. And it's true. There is, uh, you kind of have to figure, okay, because, and and YouTube calls it, you know, hub content that is like content that your subscribers want. It's like pretty easy to create. You know, they want it. It's something mm-hmm. repeatable. Um, and then, you know, they call it hero content. It's something that you like take more time to figure out. Maybe it's a little bit more production. <laughs> it's going to reach beyond your initial subscribers. And it is, there is like a delicate balance because you want to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you have a tremendous, you know, amount of respect and love for your subscribers that you always want to be serving them. But at the same time, if you kind of get stuck there, then you don't, you don't see that growth. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's a delicate balance too with like, mm-hmm. uh, and every channel's different, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I love some channels that are more highly produced and that create that really like kind of viral content or maybe not viral, but the kind of content that gets, you know, a ton of views. I love mm-hmm. channels like that. And I learn and I watch and I mm-hmm. see what I like. Um, but I think for my personal channel, it's, it's just a, I didn't really start out that way. And I've been here for so long that I've just established myself a a certain way that I don't want to stray too far from that. You know, I want to, I want to improve my content a little bit. I mean, Mm -hmm. not a little bit, but I want to improve the quality of my videos a bit, but I don't want to go too far. I want it to still feel like people are hanging out with me. Um, you know, so, so what happened two years ago when you decided to sounds like you quit your job and Mm -hmm. focus on YouTube. So let's Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that. Like what happened in that moment? Like, where were you at numbers wise and what, what made you make that decision? So I had, um, I had been back at work for probably two years. So I'd I'd gone back to work and I was working for about two years and you know, my YouTube was growing and I could start and I was finally starting to monetize. So I, Mm -hmm. I was on YouTube for a little over three years and I didn't make a single penny, penny, penny. Did I just say penny? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't make a penny or a penny. (laughs) I didn't make a single penny Mm -hmm. for over three years. And really it was just because I was just naive and I didn't really see the opportunity in front of me and I didn't have a lot of time. So adding time to link and all that just wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I decided when I decided to start being more strategic and and commit committing to upload that, you know, um, regularly, I was like, okay, you're going to take the extra time lease and you're going to start doing this. And, uh, and I was pretty shocked within about six or seven months, you know, I started making, um, enough to, to be like, okay, there's, there's something here. This is a legitimate, this could be a legitimate business for me to replace mm-hmm. my job, which would have been great. Cause I was a mom to two little kids. I was working outside of the house. I was doing YouTube. I mean, I was just stretched really thin mm-hmm. and, uh, I'll never forget. I was actually sitting in a talk with Brene Brown. Brene Brown was the, um, the event that I was at mm-hmm. and she was telling her story. And I just like, it just, resonated so much with me because while I may not be an author and like a TED speaker, like she was, I was like, that is me. That is mm-hmm. how I feel. And I just looked at my husband. I was like, I have to do this. And at the time I was probably making, um, so when I was working, I, I was making a certain amount of money, but then mm-hmm. I was also paying to, for childcare. Right. Yes. And yeah. so at the time with YouTube, I was probably making just under what I was taking home after paying for childcare. Mm-hmm. So it was like real close. It was scary. And it was like really close mm-hmm. C- calling it really close. And it was like in my head, okay, what are we going to give up? What can I do to make this happen? And, um, I, I told my boss, I stuck around for like four months until he could replace me. 
And then I left at the end of January of 2018. Mm-hmm. And um, it I went through this weird transition that I didn't expect to go through. I didn't see it coming because you know, up until that point, it was YouTube. There was no expectation on myself. There was no pressure. It was fun. It was just like, Oh, what am I going to film? It was a total hobby. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, okay, what am I going to film today? Hmm. Let me think. Okay, let's do this. Like there was, it was just kind of, it's kind of silly to say that now, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And then now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I just quit my job and I got to do this. Like I need to, you know, treat this more like a business. I need to plan my content. I need to like put more expectation on myself. I need to be doing three videos a week and I need to, and, uh, and about six months into that, I kind of went through another little funk where, um, I was, I was really searching for what was going to fulfill me, you know, was it, I didn't want to be super number focused cause that really wasn't fulfilling me. It was, uh, it just, it wasn't. Um, and so, and I, I really feel like if you follow what your passion is and you put out content that you are like proud of and passionate about, you're not just thinking about numbers or affiliate link earnings or all that. You're not thinking about that. If you, mm-hmm. you'll create good content and the, the rest of that will follow. follow yeah, but, Totally. But it took me a little while for a little while. I was kind of focused on the other stuff mm-hmm. and I just went through a funk and I'm like, this, this isn't as uh, fun as it used to be. And, uh, anyway, and then that kind of launched me into thinking about my brand. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, that was kind of course of last year. So what were you, so that's interesting. Like you were on YouTube for three years and didn't make a cent, which is, is crazy. Um, no AdSense or just a little bit of AdSense? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, a couple hundred bucks a month, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. And then, but then you did at some point realize, okay, let me take it a little bit more seriously. So was it that you were, you started working with brands, affiliates, or what were you doing so that you were able to get to the point where you were able to quit your job? So it first started with affiliate links. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually been, I actually applied and got accepted to reward style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I never was, I wasn't using it. I didn't use it for like four or five months. Not, I didn't grab a single link off of it. Cause I just didn't, I didn't have blogger friends really. I didn't really know, uh, the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'll remember I got an email from award style that said, Hey, we're going to cancel your uh, membership or we're going to deactivate your account if you don't start using it. And I was like, Oh, well I better use it. So I remember, I remember grabbing a link to a pair of jeans that I just bought and I posted it on my personal Facebook page. So mm-hmm. not like my Lisa J makeup. I, I was literally sharing it with my family and my friends on Facebook. And I remember like, I don't know, 20 of the moms in my neighborhood bought those jeans. And then I saw the potential. I was like, Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> like, yeah. So then I, I started taking the time. And so affiliate links were really kind of that first stream of income that came in for me, um, were affiliate links. Cause it was easy. Cause I was already talking about products. I loved mm-hmm. why I wasn't taking that extra 20 minutes to grab links and, and make it easier for the viewer and also, yeah. you know, earn, earn a commission on that. Um, and so, and then slowly I started getting approached by brands and, mm-hmm. Um, and that was very inconsistent for a while. Uh, it was really affiliate links that were kind of what was making up like 80% of my income at the time. Mm. And then now I would say it's pretty, um, it's pretty probably evenly split between affiliate links and, and, uh, sponsored content. And then my, and then my ad revenue has increased, you know, mm-hmm. with the more views uh, and subscribers. Now I, it's definitely more consistent and, uh, you know, I mean, there's still months that are up and down, but I feel like the, the base is, is very, you know, consistent and reliable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great. And so you mentioned a little bit, you know, um, after you quit, 
you had that funk, you know, a funk about six months later where you're like, "Ah, I don't know, I'm focusing too much on the numbers. But then you said that eventually led to your brand. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that transpired? Sure. Uh, so during that funk, it was, so it was just a little over a year ago. I remember it was the summer of last year and it was about six or eight weeks of that, of just like this uncertainty. And I've always had, um, I've always had like, you know, little businesses and always had that like entrepreneurial like spirit about me. And, um, and my husband has a a background in marketing and and all that and e-commerce and, um, and I, and I just started thinking long-term, you know, I was like, what, again, I was like kind of searching for what was going to fulfill me. What was I going to use this? I had built this platform up over five years. And at the time I was using it for, for what, and and where was, what was I going to want to do in 10 years? Like, how was I going to sustain this? Um, because I kind of think about that too. You know, I'm like, this is great now, but is this going to be the same in five years or 10 years? I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty I feel like. And, um, so my husband, Paul kind of started talking about the idea of a product. And I, um, and, and so if you know anything about BK beauty, uh, the heart of our brand is, um, kind of inspiring kindness and it's taking the beauty community and celebrating like the glam of, of the beauty community, but also talking about inner beauty and kindness. And as a mom, you know, I had this conflict of like, um, you know, I love makeup. I love it. Obviously (laughs) I've been Mm -hmm. passionate about it since I was a kid and it's where my career has taken me. But as a mom now, I'm like, what, what message am I sending my daughters about beauty? Am I, am I showing them that, Oh, you're beautiful. If you can put makeup on, no, I don't want to teach them that. You know, I want to tell them there's more to that. So, um, the heart of our brand is giving back to the kindness campaign, which is a uh, nonprofit that, uh, creates, um, curriculum and schools. So K through 12th grade. And it, they create these journals that teaches kids about social emotional awareness and self-confidence and self-esteem. And it's really like kind of an anti-bullying effort. So, um, you know, I wanted to create a, a beauty brand that gave back and that had a, um, kind of a bigger, a bigger mission than, than, um, just makeup. So that's what yeah. BK beauty. So, yeah. so BK beauty, um, so what is it exactly? So right now we have, um, a set of nine brushes, but we are expanding. We'll have 11 in November and then we'll be adding about three or five early next year. And then we're going to move into cosmetics. So we started with makeup brushes because I feel like, and I've said this in past videos that, um, you know, the, the makeup brushes that you use have such a uh, important factor in how your makeup looks. I feel like you can be the best makeup artist in the world, but if you have terrible makeup brushes, then mm-hmm. you're limited on what you can do. And on the other side of that, you can be just starting out in makeup, but if you have good brushes that make it easy, um, and they give you a good blend, you can create beautiful work. So we started with makeup brushes, but we will definitely be expanding. When did you launch the <clears throat> the line? August 1st. So three uh, months ago. Oh, just, Oh, this year. Just okay. Yeah. Oh, so how did, how did the <clears throat> launch go? Like, and how did you, how did you, how did you launch it? How did you announce it to your subscribers? Like how did all that go? So I, I actually announced it in January of Mm -hmm. this year. Um, and I, I basically just announced that, you know, I was working on a brand. We came out with t-shirts that say, uh, BK and it says beauty plus plus kindness. And I, um, announced like the mission of our brand and giving back Mm -hmm. to the kindness campaign. And I just told people like, you know, we're working on something bigger. Stay tuned. This was like eight months before we actually had a product to sell. And, um, and then, you know, I kind of took my viewers along, like I would share things throughout those next eight months of, um, 
you know, not too much, but I would, I would just keep them updated that we were still, you know, working on it and and we were going to be launching. And then about two weeks before we launched, um, we started pre-selling brushes and we, um, we far, I I didn't know what to expect. I, I, I really had no idea. And we exceeded any expectations that I think either of my husband or I had, and we sold out in five weeks and we made our first donation to the kindness campaign after three weeks, which sponsored 84 schools to receive the curriculum. And we're actually, yeah. And we're actually going tomorrow. I'm going to be going to some schools here in Austin and delivering the journals to the kids. And it's just, it's pretty cool. Wow. That's, that's really, that's really amazing. So you announced it on your, on, on your YouTube. Channel? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in a video. And then you said within three weeks you sold out of the yeah, first kind of. So it took us five, it took us five weeks to oh, sell five out of weeks everything. You said. Okay. Yeah. We made our donation after three. Oh, that's it. That was a three. Okay. Wow. So then at that point when you sold out, what did you do? You just kind of ordered another batch. Did you kind of reassess and take a look at everything? Yeah. So we're actually still sold out. We, mm-hmm. um, it takes like eight to 12 weeks to have products and produced. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. And because we, um, because you know, it was, it was just, it was basically my savings. You know, I'd been saving all of all this income that I was earning. It was that like, we were pretty conservative with our first run because I didn't know. And I just thought, well, this is scary. You know, I'm, I'm writing this big check and I'm kind of nervous about it. And, and now we know, um, we can hopefully manage inventory better. So we did double our order. So we should receive that, um, in about a little less than a month. So we still have on the site, people can still order and we're taking back orders. Mm. And so the back orders will be the first to ship when we get our fulfillment in a few weeks. Yeah. That's the thing with a physical product, you know, it's amazing. And that's the thing. It's like on YouTube, the way to make money is by having your own product, selling something you have complete control over it, right? Yes. AdSense is great. Working with brands is, is great, but having something of your own is I think even better, but a physical it's product, the only, um, I don't want to say this, it's not, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like the only, the only kind of like the real barrier to entry with that is that it usually takes up a good amount of startup capital at the beginning. Yeah. And so it's like, you gotta, you know, where are, are your, where are your brushes manufactured? Are they in They're in, made in China. Yeah. yeah. So how did, yeah. how did you come up with that whole process? Did you, did you work with a company? Did you go over there? I know that's, I'm always interested in this, this process. Yeah. Cause I used to have a, I used to have a line, a clothing line, but so I'm in that, oh, I was I in that manufacturing world for, for a for while. while. It was interesting. We manufactured both here and then we tried doing the China thing and it's, it's really, it's really interesting, but I'm curious kind of your process with that, with makeup brushes. Yeah. So we did a lot of research. We, mm-hmm. um, we w- met and spoke with a lot of different contract manufacturers that are basically like a kind of a liaison, mm-hmm. uh, between us and China, um, mm-hmm. that have relationships with factories all over the world. And so they helped us, they kind of held our hand and walked us through that process. So we worked with them, um, to design the brushes and they really help with all the quality control. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of scary, you know, yeah. I mean, you don't, there's a lot of risk involved for sure. So we, um, you know, we worked with a U.S. based company and then they, they're our liaison helping us facilitate all of that. But yeah, it's, uh, it was, um, it was a very interesting process. It's a long process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're excited. We're looking at, you know, expanding into cosmetics and I'm just really excited about, about, um, you know, ma- making that first donation to, to the kindness campaign. I get really excited thinking about what yeah. that's going to look like in a year, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, having a, having a brand with a mission behind it, uh, some kind of a charity of, like association with it is, it's so, it's just, 
it's just makes it's so important today because it's like you want to have a mission behind your brand. It's not just like, mm-hmm. oh, I have another set of brushes. Here you go. Like having mm-hmm. a mission, especially something like that, which is tied to the idea of beauty. I I, I never heard of that charity before, but it just sounds like mm-hmm. such a beautiful charity. Like I love I love that. I think just seeing it's, it's- wonderful. It, it, for me, it hits like all the things that pull at my heart, you know, mm-hmm. like I, um, I, you know, I'm a mom, I have two mm-hmm. girls, you know, yeah, and I, I know moms of boys, moms of boys have the same concern too. I'm not discrediting that, but you know, I, I worried about being on YouTube and, uh, you know, I just, I wanted my daughters to know that yes, mommy loves makeup and mommy teaches women how to put on makeup, but there's mm-hmm. the true beauty is a lot deeper than that. And, mm-hmm. and then the anti-bullying part with the kindness campaign, it's like, I, uh, I'm terrified of my kids being on social media, terrified. They're me, not there yet. Too, They're seven actually. and five. I think about but that it, all the time. And it's actually something that I genuinely lose sleep over. It's not, me it's, too. I think it's a very, mine are so little and I'm like, I, I mean, it's not going to be for a few years, but I can't even imagine where it's going to be there. I find it terrifying as well. It is. It really mm-hmm. is scary. And, um, I mean, I, I'm 36 years old and mm-hmm. I, I'm confident and secure with myself, but sometimes I get bullied online under yeah. my videos. And I'm shocked with how it affects me, you know, knowing, having the sense that I have, knowing that that person clearly is not happy. I'm happy. I don't need to let that affect me. It still sometimes affects me. So when I think about a 16 year old girl getting comments on, it's just like, uh, it just, so, so the kindness campaign, you know, their whole mission is, is really centered around anti-bullying. You know, you are enough, you are beautiful. You are, you know, self-esteem confidence. It's giving kids the tools to navigate through those crazy, scary years of teenager, you know, being a teenager on social media. So it was just like a perfect fit. So yeah, they're based here in Austin, Mm -hmm. um, but they are national now they're expanding Mm -hmm. nationally. So if you actually saw the Lion King in any AMC theater, they have a PSA, um, that's pretty powerful. So this year they're launching nationally. And I think it's pretty cool because I feel like we could help facilitate that, you know, with, with the funds we give. So, yeah, that's so, that's so amazing. Cause it's, you know, having your own brand, that's, that's incredible for you to be able to support yourself financially, but also having this component of a charity that you're really passionate about is something mm-hmm. you can kind of really, you know, rally behind. Uh, and how, how did your, how did your audience respond in, in their, you know, in both ways, how did they respond to you having your own brand? Were they supportive? I mean, obviously you sold out, but how did they respond there? And then same thing, you know, how did they respond with that whole charity component as well? So super supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I knew, I knew that I had a really incredible supportive audience just from the Facebook group page and the comments that I always get and the messages I get. I knew that that audience is, is amazing, but to be honest, you don't really like know the depth of that support until, I mean, when we, when we launched, we, we only launched with, you can only purchase a full set for the priest pre-sell. You can only purchase an eye set or a face set or a full set. Mm -hmm. We weren't selling individual brushes yet. And, um, and I was really concerned with, you know, asking like, I don't know. I just thought that that was a lot of money to ask from someone. I just, I was really like, I didn't expect, I expected that a third or a fourth of the support we got was going to come through. And I would have been happy with that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, we had orders from Madagascar, from Hong Kong, from, I mean, it was just nuts. And the messages that I was getting were, like brain, I mean, really just tear jerking messages. It was really, really, really awesome. Um, and there, and I, and I think the beauty, um, the beauty kindness and the mission behind it really touches a lot of women that are watching my channel because mm-hmm. they're moms. A lot of them yeah. are moms mm-hmm. and grandmothers and they have, you know, young, young kids, kids or young grandchildren. Yeah. And it 
they, um, you know, they feel they have that same concern about it that I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Uh, okay. So we're nearing the end of the interview and I have what I like to call, um, the power hour segment. So these are questions that I ask every single person that comes on the show. So you just kind of respond with your first, your first thought. So first so quickly, question, yes. What <laughs> okay. would you say are the defining moments of your YouTube career? Um, defining moments, my mature makeup skin video and my Mac training secrets reveal video for sure. Um, yep. what is the hardest part for you about being a YouTube influencer? Um, gosh, uh, I, I guess the hardest thing I, gosh, you want a quick answer? Maybe the, um, criticism. I don't know, but I don't really feel like I get a lot of that. I don't really know. I don't feel like there's a really something that stands out to me. The hardest thing. I don't know. I'm sorry. I think that's the only negative thing are the very few, like really terrible comments that I've gotten. I can take that you look old or you look this or you look that, but when you're like, when you're said, you know, other things that that's hard for me. Yeah. Um, if you were to get started today, what would you have done differently? Um, I would have, uh, really honed in on my mission and what I wanted my channel to be about and, uh, planned my content Mm -hmm. to, to really center around that. Um, and I probably would have started using affiliate links much sooner and just learning the whole outside, the other side to monetizing the channel, Mm -hmm. um, for sure. What would you say? What what do you say your mission is now? Um, to create educational content, um, and, and really that be the core of my, my channel is simple teaching women how to achieve glamorous makeup without 10 steps that Mm -hmm. they can recreate something easy, wearable, uh, but glamorous. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, Oh, what are you most proud of when it comes to your YouTube channel? Uh, my community probably. I feel like, uh, I'll be honest, when I started watching YouTube videos, I would watch people say like, I love you guys. I love you. I'm mirroring it. And I remember thinking I'm a kind of a private person. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember seeing that thinking, how do you love someone that you don't know? And then now I'm like, I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I expect to make the deep personal connection to people online through my videos that I have made. Uh, I thought I was just going to upload makeup videos and keep everything else here. Mm -hmm. And I have opened up more and I've made deeper connections than I ever. That's the most surprising, but most rewarding by far. So being a a private person, how do you, like, how do you handle that? Like, do you have certain boundaries of certain things you just kind of don't talk about yet at the same time, you know, YouTube is all about being vulnerable and authentic and all that. So how do you, how do you handle that? When I walk that line, that's a good question. I feel like I'm always struggling with that. So my kids are not on YouTube very much. Mm-hmm. They have been in one video, I think, where they did my makeup. Um, and I and I remember when that video went up, I remember thinking, if I get one mean comment about my children, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't share them on, on YouTube. I thought about doing vlogs at one point, but I decided not to. I know my audience, they love to see my kids and they're so sweet and, and stuff, but I just... I feel like, um, it can be the wild west on YouTube and I, I just don't want to share them on YouTube on Instagram. I'll share them in stories some, mm-hmm. and they'll be in a occasional post, but, um, that's my boundary right there. My family for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could change one thing about YouTube, what would it be? Uh, the, um, clickbait videos, I guess. 
I don't know. That's the first thing that stands out to me. The clickbait videos are the videos that just breed like negativity, the gossip channels, maybe. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, in the beauty community, there's a lot of those gossip yeah. channels. The, the videos that are, that are just created to like piggyback or jump on the negative train, you know, um, and at the expense of somebody, you know, it's just not right. Yeah. Um, what has been the biggest mistake you've made, um, in your YouTube career? Um, probably taking so long to, um, to really understand and educate myself on it. Uh, I, I think about that often though. And truth be told, you know, it was my, it wasn't the right time for me at the, you know, I was pregnant. I was having two young kids. I was working outside the house. There's like, there's just, there wasn't enough in me to spend that extra time learning and researching and learning how to turn this into a business. Um, so I don't have any regrets that it took me so long. Um, but, uh, when I, when someone comes to me now and asks for advice, that's the advice that I give is like how to just kind of, um, be more strategic, how to create content that's going to grow a little faster than I did and how to, you know, and just, and share everything I learned later, you know, share that with them early. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the best decision you've made about your YouTube channel so far? <laughs> Going full time with it. Um, it was scary and, but, uh, you know, it's been a le- little less than two years and I, never would have imagined that I'd be doing what I'm doing now and, um, where have the opportunities that I've had. Uh, I, I just think taking that risk definitely was the best thing I ever did. What were you doing, uh, for work at your full-time job? So I was in sales. I was, um, I sold for, uh, before I had my, my daughter, I was in TV sales. So I sold for a local NBC and CBS affiliate advertising commercials. And then I worked in radio sales. When I went back to work, I was selling radio advertising. So all the commercials you hear on the radio, those were my clients. Got it. Got it. Um, what is the best opportunity you had as a result of your YouTube channel? Uh, the best opportunity aside from BK beauty, cause that's kind of the easy, obvious for me. Um, I would say, uh, I, the best opportunity, um, and this is just fresh on my mind, but it's probably the coolest, funnest thing I've done. Um, I just got back a couple weeks ago. I went, um, on a trip to Miami with the brand Venus, which is a brand that I've been working with since very early on. They were probably my first advertiser that, um, was kind of like that next level for me. Mm-hmm. And they've Venus, been with me the, ever since the, shapes. the clothing. No, oh, no, no, the clothing line. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The okay. catalogs and the yeah, swimsuits yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so they invited me to participate in this video project that hasn't come out yet. It'll come out. Um, maybe by the time this is up, it'll be out, but it's for mm-hmm. their holiday collection. And it was just a fun video that we created. Super fun. It was in a studio. We had a director and makeup and hair. And I just felt like it was just kind of cool. I was like, this is so cool. Like yeah. I think I'm doing, you know, yeah. it was fun. That's really cool. That's really, really fun. Um, do you have like a few really close, like good brand relationships? I noticed that on your, I think your videos or your Instagram, you talk a lot about Kendra Scott. Is that a sponsor that you work with a lot? Yes. Yes. And that's definitely a favorite of mine. She's a, you know, I'm in Austin. Yeah. Kendra Scott was started here in Austin local, and um, I'm, yeah. yeah, she's uh she's super inspiring. I don't know if you know her story, but I mean, she's, her story is just incredible. I've heard it a few times. And, uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a great brand relationship. I have a great relationship with Venus and, um, and some other Nordstrom and, 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 um, Colleen Roth's child, a skincare brand I work with a lot. How did those relationships come about? Do you have a manager that you work with or is it something you just kind of do yourself? 
Yeah. So uh, most of the the brand sponsorships that I have now are through reward style. So they're mm. brought to me through reward style. And then, um, and it's not great because the way they make that connection is they basically take retailers that you're already linking to that I'm speaking about organically and I truly love, and they're coming to you with, you know, sponsored. So it's very, you know, very authentic and organic. Um, and then Venus just reached out to me through, um, I want to say the first platform was tap influence, but now we go through another one. So it's like a third party online platform. Mm -hmm. And then Kendra Scott was, um, just a local, uh, reach out, uh, their PR person directly reached out to me. And so it's been really cool to, to work with them. That's cool. So with reward style, basically they're seeing the conversion of your links and that there's like a certain store that's converting really well, like that they, maybe that store hears about you and then they want to reach out. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. I think that's probably how they, they track it. They see who's, you know, who's, uh, converting a lot mm -hmm. to those retailers and then, um, you know, reach out to them with, with branded content. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. and last question, what is your YouTube superpower? Meaning what is it about you that comes naturally that has contributed to your success on YouTube? Definitely teaching. Like I love teaching. If you, uh, watch any, I mean, any of those Mac training videos, those are probably what I'm most proud of. Um, especially that first one, I just love, love. And I remember when I was at Mac and I went to trainer school, you know, that I was, I was hired as a trainer and which you have to be able to do makeup to do that, but you also have to be able to teach makeup. And I remember to this like training Academy and they literally taught me how to teach makeup to people that are brand new that have never picked up a makeup brush. And that's what Max like whole heart was back then. That was a long time ago. So I don't know if things have changed, but, um, I think that's my superpower. Yeah. Definitely. That's what I love. That's what makes me like, that's what makes me feel like, Alive you know, on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's reflected in, in your videos cause those are, well by your audience, cause those tend to have the most views. Yeah. So. Yeah. They, they, that's definitely what they like from me. Oh, <laughs> they want to see more of. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being mm -hmm. on the podcast. I'm really excited for the giveaways. So if you guys want to kind of check out the rules and everything, look in the description in the YouTube channel and Lisa, where can people find you if they're not familiar? They've been listening to you for an hour and they're like, I got to check her out. I got to check out her brushes, all that stuff. Where can people find you? So, uh, real easy. I'm Lisa J makeup on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And then our, uh, company is bkbeauty.com. BK beauty. Awesome. It stands for beauty kindness. Com. I love yeah. it. I love the mission behind <laughs> your beauty brand. I think that is absolutely wonderful. Thank you so Me much, too. Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I'm seriously, I've been listening to your podcast for years. So when I got oh. that email, I was like, ah. oh my God, I love that. I love it when people tell me like, I've been listening to you forever. So yeah. oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Well, there you go. That is our interview. And if you enjoy this, please give the podcast a review. It helps so, so much. I will see you next week. Mwah.